All right, welcome to this week's episode of Hot Takes Only. We are doing a little bit of a bonus episode because Ben is going to be on a nice cruise with limited internet access. Uh, oh, yeah, we're going to bring a draft preview. We're going to have the, uh, the feet kicked up on the cruise ship. Nice little cold corona in the hands. It's going to be a, a good time. And the sunshine. Going to get away from this, uh, this chilly Waterloo weather, that's for sure. Sounds absolutely lovely. Absolutely <laughs> lovely. That's good. So, yeah, we're going to do – we're recording this on February 11th. So, we're going to do our NFL draft preview. And a good, uh, good storyline from Kyler Murray hooking us up today, announcing that he is going to – be a full-time NBA or excuse me I'm watching the Raptors game the full-time NFL player so that's good that's uh kind of expected I would say yeah for sure I think uh well first off I'd like to preface this by saying this is definitely not the only time we're going to talk about the NFL draft this is a uh, it's a living breathing organism that I uh that I that cha- sort of changes every week so I'm sure this is uh not the last time we're going to talk about them but yeah Kyler Murray for sure definitely a uh, have a post combine post-combine draft preview, post-pro day draft preview. We'll, we'll probably end up like watching live. We might even stream live watching the combine. That's how, uh, that, that's how much we're, uh, we're into this one. Um, be electric. It would a hundred percent. Who wouldn't want to watch you and I sit on our couches and uh, just watch dudes run the 40 judgingly. Yeah. And uh, then we go run the 40 at a local elementary school. <laughs> Uh, I'm in. I'm in. Maybe we'll challenge the PMT guys as well. We'll uh, we'll get Big Cat and uh, and uh, PFT to come out and race us. That would be, be great for our podcast listening uh, numbers for sure. Definitely, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, so Kyler, Kyler blessed us with some uh, some great news today. Um, for me, I think he, without a doubt, now that he's fully committed to football, easily becomes the most interesting uh, prospect in this in this draft. I think he's he's exactly like Baker Mayfield was last year. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it'll be fascinating to see where he ends up. I've, I've I haven't seen him slip out of the first round uh, in a lot of the mock drafts, but I have seen him fall all the way to the Patriots at thirty-two, which is uh, kind of an interesting fit. But uh, is there is there anywhere you sort of see like early on based on the based on the board and where you're like, yeah, you know, I, I could see him going there. I can see him fitting it. So I, I would I don't think that there's a world where Kyler drops past like I would say eleven or twelve, I, and and the reason for that is like he's probably the most fascinating draft prospect in terms of, um, like that's probably not a great word but like elasticity like it, some teams are gonna not have him on their boards at all and some guys some teams are gonna have him as number one like it just takes one GM to absolutely fall in love with the potential and just reach way higher than you would probably project to take him. But for that with trades and, and things like that, I can't see a world where he goes past, past 12. I, you know, if, when I look at quarterback needy teams, I look at the likes of Denver. I look at Jacksonville. I look at your dolphins. I look at the giants. Um, I'm, probably missing another glaringly obvious oh I guess the Redskins now too because Alex Smith isn't going to play this year so if if you look at those teams I have a hard time thinking one of those teams doesn't fall in love with Kyler Murray like if you if you get if you take away the the measurables which are obviously not something that you can just strip away but if you take away the measurables he is probably the best like quarterback in the draft 
Yeah, I, I think I think you're definitely right with that. For me, the way the way I look at it, you can sort of group a lot of the teams into into two categories in terms of of the quarterbacks. There are those that I would say desperately need a quarterback. So the likes of uh, the Giants, uh, the likes of the Jaguars, and then the Broncos. So I would say those are those are the quarter those are the teams that need to take a quarterback. And then you've got the teams that you know if the right guy comes to them. Uh, then I think, or, or they fall in love with someone at the combine. Then I think they they consider taking a, a quarterback this year, um, but don't really have a, a complete need for it. Uh, so for me, those are uh, the Raiders. You might even like I, I know I know famous Jameis is still there. You might even be able to throw the Bucks in there, um, and then my Dolphins for sure, and and the uh, and Washington. Um, so for me, there are three teams that are definitely taking quarterback. Uh, and then you have to figure one or two of those teams will also take quarterback in that in that second sort of tier. Uh, but I really think there are only four guys, maybe five guys, that you would consider taking in the first round. Um, so there's gonna be yeah, quarterbacks. Oh, I don't take five. I, I don't five guys in my is. I think five guys is a lot. Like there were five guys last year. And it and that quarterback class was significantly stronger than this one. Yeah. You, so you don't you don't think someone's going to uh, fall in love with Will Greer? No, not enough to take him in the first round. No, even even someone. I don't think so. What Will Will Greer's his tape is really weird. Like like his like for every like absolute dime that the guy tosses, he throws one that you're like, what did you see there? Yeah, no, you're uh, you're right. I feel like he's gonna spin the rock really well at the combine, and then that and that might that might spike it a little bit. But I, I think the tape is is questionable. No, you're probably uh, you're probably right. Yeah, I think. I mean, if it was up to me, he's definitely he's definitely a uh, second day quarterback for sure. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, but you know weirder things have happened for sure. But, but ultimately I think, I think you're right. I think he's a second day quarterback. Um, I think he's the perfect fit for the chargers or the Patriots because he can sit behind a guy like Philip rivers or, or Tom Brady and get the proper coaching. And then when those guys retire in, you know, two to four years, I think he has the tools. And if you, if you improve his mentality, then I, I think he's a great fit. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so I guess that leaves us four quarterbacks then. So we got a uh, Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State. I think he's sort of looked at as as the safest option from the mm-hmm. draft. Uh, then we go uh, Drew Locke out of Missouri. Um, Daniel, oh, you Jones. know where Drew Locke's going? Where? Denver, hundred yeah, percent. Probably. He's tall, and, and, and now and then they'll screw him up. Yeah, he's tall. With mixed with mixed uh, with mixed production at the college level, that's John Elway's like wet dream. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. That's uh, yeah, that's that's definitely what it, what keeps him up at night for sure. Um, and then uh, so Daniel Jones out of Duke is the other guy who's who's sort of an interesting one, I would say, in the sense that he sort of just popped up, right? Like Duke is not a powerhouse school. Um, they, they've always sort of just hung back, but he, he's, he had a lot of success with them and he sort of, he sort of brought them up, uh, while he was, uh, while he was there. Uh, and then obviously the last one, definitely the most intriguing one without a doubt, Kyler Murray. Um, 
So give me your order of those four guys. If you're if you're a GM of an NFL team, what's your? If I'm a GM or if I'm a GM, like I probably take Kyler to be honest. Like, yeah. I like I I think in in today's NFL you can find a way to make Kyler work, and so I would take him one. I would take Haskins two. I would take Jones three, and I would take Lock four. I think what's actually going to happen is it's going to go Haskins, Murray, Locke, Jones. The thing I, – I watched a few of Jones' games uh, because I bet on Duke a couple times this year. <laughs> Amazing. Um, That's and, how you want to Yeah, and, like, I – like, with with so few weapons – around him he still was like a pretty good quarterback and I feel like if you give him NFL talent all across the field all he's going to do is get better and I think I I I think that there is I I don't know I I think we're going to see his stock rise a little bit with pro days and with combines nobody was talking about him before this year and the fact that he could even get to a point where people are talking about him as a first round guy in that Duke offense in that Duke coaching staff with that Duke schedule, like wait until he has talent all across the field. Cause he was doing everything Duke did this year was a result of him. Yeah. So. Uh, that's, uh, that's definitely fair. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to see. I, I, I'm sort of similar to you. I think that uh, uh, I, I like Kyler a lot. I think that he's got the, uh, got the tools for sure. Um, but I, I think, ah, you know what, you know what? I don't know. I, I, Dwayne is definitely the safest pick out of all the quarterbacks. Um, but part of me wonders if, if the success that Baker had once, uh, once Hugh left this year, um, like that success, if that doesn't drive one of the teams that, that really needs a quarterback to sort of say, Hey, like, you know, same system, same kind of quarterback. Let's, let's take our shot here. Um, the one thing that Baker had, that, that is extremely valuable that neither of these guys have is like a ton of starts at, at yeah. the college level. Um, Mike Baker was a three and a half year starter, you know, with a, with a red shirt transfer year mixed in there. And I think that that has like an, uh, like a, a pretty, pretty like, like high success rate in the NFL as guys that get a lot of time in college. But then you look at a guy like Trubisky who this past year in his second year seems to have taken a decent step. And, you know, he started 11 games at North Carolina. So I, I feel like there's less risk involved than there than you would – like it used to be kind of assumed. But, I mean, Kyler Murray is still probably like 40 pounds lighter than Baker too. Yeah, that, and that, that's the other thing. The uh, You know, Baker, Baker is a small dude, but he's not Kyler small, I don't think. Um uh, so I'm curious, where where did you going into last year's draft? Where did you have Mayfield ranked in terms of the quarterbacks? So I I always like going into the draft. I always said I would take Baker first, and 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 most of it. So when I rank quarterbacks, and I obviously am not paid to do this, but like based on what I what I believed, and based on guys that I played with at a much lower level, I think the number one thing I'm looking for in a quarterback is like compete level. Like how much does that guy love football? Because if you want to be a good quarterback, you have to be competitive, like to a point where people don't even like to be around you. 
and you have to love football more than anything else in life because to be good at like it's it's like a 13 hour a day job to be a, a good good NFL quarterback and I saw those things in Baker more than I saw those things in Sam Darnold and Josh Allen and Josh Rosen and that's why I like Baker the most and I'm not 100% sure I see that in any of these guys no, I think I think you're probably right. Yeah, Baker Mayfield just oozes oozes his love for football. Like that guy, I'm pretty sure if it was allowed, he'd try to marry it. But uh, yeah, yeah, I like yeah, I totally agree with with your take about guys like Darnold and and Allen and and Rosen. And I think those guys sort of compare to uh, um, to the other guys that are more in this class. Uh, yeah, sure. Kyler comes out today and says that he's he's competing or he's, he's ready to uh to be an nfl quarterback but um you know the fact that for so long it was sort of up in the air um and this isn't to say that kyler doesn't love football like i'm sure you know you don't get this far without without absolutely loving the sport but there's just something different about uh, about baker and, and his intensity for the game that i just don't see anywhere uh, anywhere in any of the guys but for yeah sure. i guess i guess that's a bit of an bit of an unfair um comparison to make maybe but uh but i do think i do think that guys your like gms will look at baker mayfield because if you if you uh like give baker mayfield 16 games if you like if you compare his stats out and then break his stats out over a 16 game season he had a phenomenal rookie season oh and yeah it, one of the just, best the quarterbacks ever had yeah and it's it's unfortunate that uh that he just got stuck with the worst coach in nfl history by yeah. an absolute landslide no shout out Hugh Jackson. We we give no a shout outs on on our pods, but Hugh Jackson will never ever ever get one. Yeah, no, no. Um, uh, and and it's not like the the Jeff Fisher where Jeff Fisher built the roster. Sean McVay took it to the next level. Hmm. He did not. He doesn't get that credit. He doesn't no, get that he, at all. He definitely does not. Um, okay, so so the quarterback situation is 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 definitely interesting. But unless there are some trades. See, I think I think for sure someone trades into the three spot, into the into the Jets spot. Yeah, because the Jets have their quarterback and they have so many holes that I think the Jets are gonna are gonna try to like get back for some picks. I don't, you know, and that could even be like the Giants moving up three spots. It could be the Jags hopping the Giants or like the Broncos deciding they don't actually want Drew Locke and coming up or going up to three and taking Drew Locke, which would be a pretty John Elway thing to do. Yeah, so I guess your concern with trading with the Jets, uh, if you're a GM who wants a quarterback, you're you're convinced that the Raiders are moving on from Derek Carr and are ready to take a quarterback in this draft. Is that is that a fair? No, fair? I, I think I think it's more you trade up so no one else can. Like if, if you look at like if you look at like when the Bears moved up one spot to take Trubisky, it's because they were convinced that the 49ers were trading that pick to somebody else. Ah, okay. I see. I see. Interesting. And I don't think there's been and I, I went I did this a little while ago. I don't think there has been a draft in a very long time where someone didn't take up trade up to take a quarterback in the top four. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Do you think, think the last time was when the Jags took Bortles? Oh, the boat. Um, respect. So, so respect, respect the boat. Um, hope you're safe. Hope you're safe, man. Uh, so do you think? So I know I sort of threw them in in tier in tier two. Uh, 
if no one does trade up to the top three, do the Raiders take a quarterback there or not? I don't think so. I think the Raiders. I, I think the Raiders, if they're going to take a quarterback, m- might package their other two first round picks that are late in the draft to try to get one in like the early teens. Mm. I think the Raiders, like the Raiders combined had like, what was it? 11 sacks last year. Yeah. The Raiders yeah. need an edge rusher so badly. Yeah. They, they need a defensive line presence. Yeah. You know, so, someone <laughs> around, someone around like the, the Khalil Mack build would have done really well for yeah, that. Just uh, just someone who, you know, can take over a game, can be a franchise player. They haven't had one of those. And they, uh, in what, 16 games? Yeah, 16 games or so. Um, but, like, what an embarrassment. I, mean, I think I, what will be curious, and this kind of leads to something that you and I were talking about before as a talking point, it's kind of a good segue, is what the 49ers do at two. Because I think if we were talking best player available, they would probably take Quinn and Williams. But they've drafted so many interior, and this is all assuming that Nick Bosa goes one. But this, but they have drafted so many interior linemen that, like taking Quinn and Williams, like you're 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 creating a logjam. Like one of those guys, like the one thing is, is that Quinn and Williams is a one tech, and the other guys that they've drafted are three techs, mm. and they've just one of them's been playing like out of position as a one tech. But then there's not enough room for all three of them. Like, are you going to bump one of the three techs out to the edge now? Like, how are you going to do that? I think. If I if I'm them, I probably take Josh Allen at two. Um, but you know, like if we're talking best player available, which I think is, in my opinion, like you know, if it's a fifty-fifty, you take the best player, then I think they got to take Quinn Williams. And so if that's the case, the Raiders probably end up with like Rashawn Gary. Yeah, you know, like I, I completely agree with your with your uh, thinking there. I think the best player available, assuming uh, Nick Bosa goes one, definitely Quinn and Williams. Well, you, you know, I'm a big uh, big Al, I love my big Alabama boys, but uh, but yeah, that guy's that guy's gonna have a, a long NFL career, I think. Um, and then yeah, so that probably leads, or uh, if if no one trades with the Jets, then then that leaves Josh Allen to the Jets. Um, uh, but yeah, if the if the 49ers want to go based on need, then then you sort of flip those two, I think, and and yeah, Gary Gary falls right into the uh, the hands of uh, of the Raiders, which is you know I guess something they need after after this season and trading Khalil Mack. Uh, yeah, is there I, I, the I, Jets sit there and take Jonah Williams at three? Is there? No, I think yeah, uh, you, you have to trade. No, if you're going to take Williams, you you have to trade back but you got to make sure you don't trade back beyond the bills i think yeah yeah i agree because the bills i think i think the the worst kept secret is that the bills are going linemen in the top 10 yeah and they better go linemen in the top 10 i'll be i'll be upset if we don't go linemen in the top 10 yeah for sure um yeah and i guess it's i guess it's either williams or joan taylor out of florida um, if if you're going tackle, but uh, yeah, well, uh, we'll have to see. It's it, it's. I mean, ultimately, we can talk all we want, but we don't really know until there are. Uh, we don't really know until draft day or or a couple days before when the trades come in. That's when it sort of yeah. starts to shape take shape. Um, a really interesting team for me is is the Bucks. Uh, the Bucks at five because I think, you know, like are they. 
are they ready to move on from Jameis? Uh, I'm not I don't think so. convinced. I'm not convinced that they are for sure. Um, and then if you look at that team, the biggest need is probably a running back then. But are you going to no, take I, I think they. I think there's a chance they go Jawan Taylor or or Jonah Williams. Like they're, I, I think they're, that offensive line is so bad. Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right, but uh, but I I don't think I don't think it's that simple as that. Like I think they take a long hard look at Josh Jacobs, which is wild to me, even as an Alabama fan. Like I yeah. I, I think I think that they take a look at him for sure. Uh, and- and we discussed off the off the air before how my opinion on taking a running back who doesn't handle the full load in college and expect him to handle the full load in the in the pros. No, for sure. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, you should definitely go watch his highlight tape. Like he's he's got phenomenal individual plays, but you're definitely right. Like he's never never held the load or handled the load before um, by himself. Uh, and, and if you're taking a running back top five, that, that's what you're expecting, right? You're expecting a yeah. guy that's going to come in and then be an impact player, be be your franchise running back um, at least for half a decade. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, I don't think there's any chance they take a quarterback, though. And and my reasoning behind that is this. Like, they exercise the option for for Jameis to, to do his, his fifth year. If oh, things I, go okay. well, if things go well, then they're all of a sudden on the hook for they're gonna have to re-sign, they're gonna have to re-sign Jameis, and then they're on the hook for a top five rookie quarterback contract for another four years. Like I, I think like they trade Jameis before they um, take a quarterback at five because it's just it's just too much risk. Yeah, I think you're right. I I'd forgotten that Jameis had signed had signed that extra year. Um, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I think you're right. We'll uh we'll have to see another interesting pick that I could see. Their linebacking core could definitely use some work. So Devin White is definitely in the mix for them. Uh, that's good. That's a good shout. Yeah, I uh well, you and I are both SEC guys, and and I I I respect the hell out of Devin White. Like he's a, he's a phenomenal linebacker. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I think the first. Well, I don't want to say lock the first lock, uh, but I think. Uh, it's pretty well regarded that the Giants are going to go quarterback here. They need someone, even if, uh, even if Eli continues to play for for this year. I think uh, they're they're ready. They're they might not be ready to move on, but they're ready to start grooming his uh, his successor. Uh, I mean, even if he starts the season as a starter, it's a it's a classic situation where if things aren't going well, whenever that bite week happens, that's when the the shift will occur. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's definitely fair. So, assuming no one trades up, does anything wild? I got Haskins to them. Yeah. Um, I think I think there's been a lot of lot of rumors around uh, around that so far, and I think uh, he, he's a good fit there, especially with, uh, with he and Saquon running wild. I think those uh, those two would definitely complement each other well, uh, because contrary to what Stephen A. Smith said, uh, Dwayne Haskins is in fact a passing quarterback. Uh, <laughs> What a wild take! What is crazy? But um, so yeah, I got I got Haskins going there. Um, unfortunately, the Jags got to replace the boat. And uh, so, I think- so, so let me let me pause there because I because I wanna I wanna 
I want to like talk about this pick for a little bit because it's like probably the most fascinating pick in the top ten to me. Uh, the Jags pick. Yeah. Oh no, I'm still going with the Bucks. The Bucks, the Bucks shake. The Bucks have the uh, have the ability to shake everything up. I think because it's a position. I, I mean, t- in terms of like, I think the Jags like. I guess well, yeah. I guess what you're saying is like the Bucks could pick anyone. Is what you're saying, right? Pick anyone or trade it. I think. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So the the Jaguars, uh, just it's interesting because they're such an underachieving team and they're not quite sure like what to do. No, it's interesting because they hired Nick Foles OC the year he won the Super Bowl. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that so, is so. That like if they get Nick Foles, then obviously they're not they're not going cube or they're probably not going cube. But if they don't get Nick Foles, they have to go cube unless they're getting unless they're getting Joe Flacco. But I don't know why you'd want Joe Flacco. Right. So like at that point, do they go Kyler? Yeah, you know what? That's that's not a bad shout either. I think I think they're in a they're in an in, they're in an interesting position where based off of last season, like I think the logical thing would be if if you didn't like watch their games closely or, or really follow their team or follow the guys on it, the logical thing would be to tear it down and then build it back up after a disappointment. But they've got the guys to be successful, and I don't think their window is. I think their I don't think their window is is super long anymore. Um, but I think if you can draft a quarterback right now uh, that, that's, that can come in and, and be ready, I think you extend that window by, by quite frankly, a fair amount. Um, I, I, I truly do think that, that they're strong quarterback play away from really being a contender, no matter what happened I last year. I agree. You need, you need, you need a couple like receivers, uh, but like their defense is already ready. Yeah, for sure. For the most part, right? So yeah. I agree. And that's why I think this is so fascinating because you, you could look at like Devin White being a fit there if they if they end up getting Nick Foles and then just like strengthening that defense even more. Like right. imagine that defense with a guy like Devin White, quote unquote, quarterbacking it. Yeah. Well, they, they'd be yeah. absolute ball hawks on that defense. Right Absolutely. But you know, no, or, I... or you get a guy like, or, or you get a guy like, I mean, I don't think he's going to rise this much, but you get a guy like if they get Foles in, you get a guy like DJ Metcalf. Like, I don't think a receiver's going that high, but you know they need one. Yeah. Okay, you've convinced me. That's uh, that's the most interesting pick. Yeah, I've uh, I've been converted for sure. There's uh, there's can, a lot. They can even get like an Ed Oliver and make that yeah, defensive sure. line even better too, right? It's it's yeah, it's very intriguing. Absolutely for sure. Um, I I can't really remember like. Did they use some offensive line help? Or was um, it just like just pure bad quarterbacking? I think most of it was bad quarterbacking, to be honest. And I mean, I don't think you could put all the blame on Bortles, but you could definitely put a lot of it on him. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Like he he I don't I don't know if there's a a like a contender that has less weapons on offense yeah. than the Jags except maybe, like, the Panthers every single year. But even now they have McCaffrey. But, like, Fournette has been very disappointing. And then who's their best receiver? Like, Keelan Cole? I, I imagine so. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my, off the top of my head. Like, Danny uh, Westbrook? Yeah. It's uh, definitely a, bums. a bit of a dumpster fire. 
No, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, there, there's a lot of ways they can go. Um, they have, like, I think the holes that they have are big holes, but there aren't a ton of them. So, so if they're able to shore up those, those, those massive holes, they're, they easily rise, rise back in the contendership for sure. For me, at least. I agree. Yeah. Um, well, I want to talk about some disrespect really quickly. The WalterFootball.com mock draft has Kyler Murray as QB slash wide receiver. Like, moment wow. of silence for the editor that allowed that to go through. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not going to fly. That's, that's disrespectful to the Heisman Trophy winner. That's absurd. Yeah. That makes me really He's angry. never played a snap of wide receiver probably in his life. And he's not a – well, that editor probably has never even watched Kyler Murray toss a pigskin. Probably the guy, not. The guy, the guy chucks the rock. It's uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's very disrespectful. Um, yeah, yeah. Kyler's spiral is NSFW for sure. <laughs> but, uh, um, so who are some uh, who are some guys that uh, that you could see rising to the in the sort of eight through twelve rank? Do you have do you have some uh, some guys you like in the draft that aren't projected to go there? But, uh, but could definitely make a difference. I think what's interesting, what like, it's a good question. Like, I, I'm a huge, like, we want to talk, like, like, underrated guys, actually. Like, I don't know if I have guys that are going to sneak up into that 8 to 12 range as much as I have, like, a couple guys that I think should be going, should be projected to go way higher than they're actually projected to go. Um. One of those guys is Devin Bush from Michigan. Yeah, yeah, I love, I, I love that one. If that guy was six foot, he's probably gonna go before Devin Devin White. Yeah, no, like, I think you're right. Um, and I've got a, I've read mock drafts that don't even have him go in the first round. Like to me, like I'm I'm taking that guy. And after after twelve, if I need a middle linebacker, I take Devin Bush. And if you're not, the Patriots definitely are, and he's going to be the defensive player of the year next year. Yeah. I mean, look at look at the um, – is it Darius Leonard, the guy from the Colts? Yep. He's, he's a little undersized, isn't he? And look yeah. at how well he did this year. Yeah. You know, he, he slipped to the second round last year because of his size, and you know, he, he's an all-pro uh, sure. in his first year. I, I, see Devin, I see Devin Bush in a similar mold. Um. I think another guy, Jerry Tillery from, from Notre Dame, I think is uh, he's like a late first-round pick projection. I mean, that guy has some physical tools that you're not going to find anywhere else in the draft. I think he should be going a lot higher as well. Um, so we'll, we'll see. Like, I think those are guys that you, you could find after 20 that are just absolute gems that are going to be day-one starters for your organization. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I, uh, one of the guys that I find super underrated, like he's going towards the, the latter part of, of most mock drafts in the first round, uh, DeAndre Baker out of Georgia. Oh, yeah. Like for me, yeah. uh, he, was, he was one of the best players on a, on a phenomenal football team this year. Like he, he's, he's super athletic and can sort of do it all. And uh, he, he is, what I, in my opinion, your prototypical cornerback in the NFL. And uh, – for me, I, I have to assume some team is going to take him in the teens, just uh, just because of the potential for sure. Sure, sure, he does make mistakes every now and again, but um, you know what what cornerback in college football doesn't? Uh, yeah, those are fixable things. 
for sure, for sure. But I think I think he's got all the intangibles there for sure. Um, another guy uh, uh, hits uh, hits home for me. I'm not sure if uh, if he, he he's going to go maybe in the top half of the first round, but Mac Wilson sort of falls into the Devin Bush category for me. I do think Devin Bush is a better player for sure. Um, but Mac Wilson, if you look at the guys that have that have, as you said earlier, quarterbacked an Alabama defense before. And the success that they, that they've had in the uh, in the show, I think that uh, that Mac Williams, while he does have some injury problems, is definitely uh, someone that I'd be willing to take a risk on as a first rounder if I'm a, if I'm a playoff team, let's say from the past year that needs to shore up uh, needs to shore up my defense. Yeah, I think uh, that's no, I think that's I think that's good. I think there's. This is, a, this is probably the best defensive draft I can remember. If you got, and I mean, Greedy Williams, another guy. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Greedy um, Williams, someone that I'm. Uh, if if all the quarterbacks are gone, I'm hoping that uh, my Dolphins could, could jump in and snag. I think uh, an interesting fit, if Gronk does decide to retire, is uh, your boy Irv Smith to the Patriots mm-hmm. at 32. What a uh, what an athletic tight end. Oh yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it's pretty... uh, what's his blocking like though? As an Alabama fan, is he a good blocker? Because yeah. I know that's obviously extremely important in the in the Patriots system. For sure, I I think that he's he's a great an underrated blocker for sure, um, and and that's that's what he did a lot of uh, throughout throughout his time. He he was he was he was a, he was a pass blocker, um, and even even a run blocker as well. He, he helped uh, helped a lot of our uh, our runs outside. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's definitely talented in there. That, that's why I think he's, he's the complete makeup of a, uh, of a tight end for sure. But I just don't think he got the reps and, and the vision that, that has him on a lot of draft boards. You had, uh, you had OJ Howard there for a while. Um, and then he just, he just didn't really get the run that he probably deserved. I, I think he's a phenomenal player in my opinion. Um, and I would, if I was an NFL team that, that was looking for a tight end, I definitely have him on the radar because he's, uh, he's, he, he can do it all. Yeah, that's good because I mean, the modern the the modern day tight end is a lot more of a receiver, but in that Patriots system, you got to block. For sure, so that's for good. Sure. Update for you, Kawhi Leonard just banked one in with four seconds to take the lead by two. Let's uh, go, so, Let's go, clutch. So big, big for sure. Uh, is I think uh, kind of, just to kind of kind of round it off here, we're coming up on that forty minute mark. I, you know, give me. Give me two busts you have in the first round, like guys that are first round picks that, you know, in three to five years time, we're going to be looking back like, what the hell are we talking about? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's, that's a tough one. I think, uh, you know, that's a, uh, that's a really great question. Um, you know, it could very well be Drew Locke. Um, Drew Locke is, and I know we've talked about him before, is definitely someone that if he's put in the wrong system, I don't think we'll have a lot of success. Um, you know, I, I, I personally like the guy, but uh, as a, as for someone who's going to go as high as he is, um, you know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And having come from a school like Missouri, you know, it's, it's one of those things where he hasn't re- he's faced a lot of tough defenses and, and hasn't really had, I would say a ton of success. Now they're also horrible uh, horrible program. They, they, you know, I think, I think they had a decent year they, this year, didn't they? Or was it last year? Can't remember which one it was. Uh, they were around 500, I think, both this year and last year. Um, 
but you know, one of the uh, you'd like to see better from a quarterback that's going to go that high for sure. Uh, and then, so yeah, so I, he's he's definitely on the uh, on the on the bust radar for me. If I had to pick someone else, like it, it's tough. I think uh, I think everyone in this draft is is pretty solid. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Nick Bosa reacts to to the injury and then sitting out the year. Do I think he's going to be a bust? No. Do I think it might take him some time to actually become like a, a serviceable and, and effective number one overall pick? I, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, one last guy who will probably be taken really, really high, um, Rashawn Gary. I would say there was, I mean, obviously there was a ton of hype because he uh, was the you know, number one recruit coming out of his class. When he when he committed to uh, to Michigan, and I would say that well he had a well he had a good Michigan career. I don't think it was the career that everyone was envisioning per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he can he can become sort of what he was touted going into college in the NFL. Because um, again, he'll probably be a top four pick. Do I think he can play like a top four pick? Absolutely. Uh, but it's just whether or not he can uh, you know consistently do it. So. So those are some guys for me. Um, do I think that any of the guys that I, I mentioned will be busts? No, but they're definitely uh, definitely on 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 the radar if they're put in the wrong situations and and, and aren't developed properly. Because I do think there's a lot of development that needs to happen with with all of those guys, especially with how high they're being drafted. What about you? Any busts that you're uh, that you're you're seeing? I think, uh, well, I mean, to touch on yours, I think, like, Rashawn Gary definitely has the biggest spectrum in terms of career. I think, like, he could be one of the best D linemen in the league. I think he could also be out of the league in three years. Like, like his, I feel like if you put his production, if you took away his recruiting profile and you took away uh, all the hype that he had before he got to Michigan and you just looked at his production, he's probably not even, he's probably not even a guy, a guy that would declare early. Um but he, he steadily improved in his three years at Michigan. And I, I, I personally, I really, I really like him as a player, but I think like he just has not shown me enough for me to want it to, for me to use a top four pick on him. I just think there's too much risk involved. So that's an interesting one to me. Um, a guy that I has came into the year as almost a consensus number one guy and has slipped a little bit that I actually think is going to be a bust. And maybe not going to be not going to be a bust, but has bust potential is Ed Oliver. Yeah, um, I think Ed Oliver, you know, a great great recruit, huge coup for Houston at the time as a five star guy. Excellent freshman season, excellent sophomore season, and you saw kind of that that dip off that we saw with Jadavian Clowney, where you know once once you can see that money coming, you take your foot off the gas a little bit to you know whether it's to avoid injury or because you're you're bored because you dominated the competition you know that that comes down to a lot of that competitiveness and that compete level that we spoke about earlier with the quarterbacks you know the best players are going to bring it every every single play every single snap because you know they're competitors um and i don't i don't know if i don't know if at all ever fits that boat for sure yeah that's uh, that's definitely fair i think uh yeah. Yeah, he's he's just fallen down a lot of mock draft boards, um, and that definitely makes you uh, makes you wonder. Um, another guy that I uh, 
again, I have no idea where he's going to get picked, um, but definitely has has a bust potential in my opinion. Uh, DK Metcalf. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, the guy only played 21 college football games. It's uh, and and he's being touted as the top uh, top uh, receiver on on the board. And it's it's sort of like Josh Jacobs in a sense, where where I think it's more about the potential than uh, than anything else. But I mean, one of the things that Metcalf had going for him in the uh, um, in the SEC is that you know he was just this huge receiver. I'd say like he just a big bodied bodied skilled receiver. If you can put you know a big cornerback on him, like there are a lot in the NFL. Um, I think you can neutralize him. Like, I don't think there's been enough skill development per se. Um, no, don't get, don't get me wrong. He's a physical specimen for sure. But uh, I think there's definitely the chance that, uh, that, that he doesn't pan out. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts on him are. But. Yeah, I don't think I, I didn't watch him enough to, to, to probably make like a good enough comment on his production. I will say that like this is by far – the worst receiver class I can remember. Yeah, um, for sure, for sure. I cannot, I cannot think of a of a worse receiver class since I started following the draft. Except maybe like the, I can't even. I was gonna say like the Ted Ginn year, but I don't even remember who the other who the other receivers were that year. Ted Ginn. Uh, maybe the maybe the Crabtree Hayward Bay year. Why would you bring up Ted Ginn with me? That's sorry, man. That's so. It's a deep cut. It's a that's deep a cut. Deep wound that has not healed yet. Man, that's, um, that's but you know, if we're talking while we're talking while we're talking receivers, you know, another guy that's like a really big spectrum of selection points is is Hollywood Brown. Like I, I saw I saw the Bills taking Hollywood Brown in at nine in a mock last week, and then I'm looking at mocks where he's not even in the first round. Like, I mean, I know that that a lot of that is a result of how early we are in the draft process still, but I mean, like. That just shows how weak the class is. Is that like they have no idea who the guy is, who the number one guy is. He's a nobody's he's talking about. Guy. Like that's that's a lot of faith to be putting in uh, a guy. That's oh, I agree. Go that high. Wow. That's uh... I, I love Debo Samuel. I think uh, Debo Samuel is gonna be, in my opinion, like one of the best guys in the class. Um, he had an unbelievable Senior Bowl. And, and that's kind of crept him into the bottom of the first round in a lot of mocks. I think by the time we're finished all the pro days and the scouting days, like don't be shocked if he's the guy that goes first because I think he's electric and he's really good on special teams too, which adds an element to, you know, why you would pick him. For sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely uh, definitely some interesting thoughts. But yeah, this is definitely not going to be the, uh, the last time we talk about the NFL draft. This is something that you and I uh, both, both enjoy following, uh, both like keeping up with um i know last i vividly remember last year uh last year's draft when i was driving to and from the airport and had to give you updates because you were uh in a movie theater i think you were watching was was. Avengers. yeah i was at a pre-screen for the avengers and i had my phone out and then yeah bills traded up oh my god bills took josh allen fuck yeah i think that was literally how it went like you were you texted me uh, I think you texted me something like, they better not take Allen here. And I'm like, they just took Allen. And you said some very explicit words. That we're not- I, uh, 
I, I remember sitting in the theater and like the rest of the movie was just ruined for me. Now, look, like looking back now, I'm happy they took Alan instead of Rosen. But like at the time, I was so pissed. It was like when the Knicks took Chris Stapps. Yeah, it's true. I mean, hopefully Josh Allen turns into Chris Stapps yeah. minus the get his ass out of town part. But. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think uh, Josh Allen, if he if he succeeds, is definitely there to stay for a while. But for sure, yeah, it's gonna be. Well, gonna this be was a fascinating a draft. Good preview podcast. Gonna be gonna be a a good draft. This was the first time that we ever recorded a podcast in separate locations. I kind of liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. We'll have to uh, we'll have to listen to the recording. Hopefully, everything sounds okay. Um, and if not, this is this is our disclaimer. This, this is our first time trying it. So if you have any feedback, let us know. Um, but yeah, this is something I think we're going to try to do more often, and hopefully we can bring some of the other guys uh, associated with uh, with HTN on uh, on as well through this. We've got a couple of guys that yeah. are out of town right now, um, so hopefully, yeah, we'll be able to uh, we'll be able to work it out. But yeah, I liked it a lot. This was uh, this was a good one. Agreed. All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed it too. Thanks for listening, and uh, keep checking out the website for some blogs and, and share it along with your friends. Really trying to get some traction on this thing. Oh, and I'll have a uh, I'll have a mojito for you while I'm gone. I appreciate that. I hope you have more than one. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Tip.